One Team Media. I just have a very hard time expressing my emotions and I can't stop from yelling. So I'm very sorry. I don't mean to offend you, but I'm not going to stop yelling. Eat it nation, baby. I'm in a good mood to podcast tonight, boys. Talking about Lynn Bowden right now, so why the hell do I care about Anaya Smith right now? Because I have an opinion and I said it. Alrighty, guys, it's time for another segment of Heated Agreement. Today, it'll be a little bit more heated and a little less agreement as we bring in a former Texas Longhorn athlete, Mr. Zap. Welcome aboard. Uh, you want to tell everybody, we know that you threw hammer and, and shot or discus? Discus. So basically the two heavier objects and see how far I can throw it. That was yeah. my basic idea. And, uh, we, w- we would call him uh, Big Al, but Big Al was already taken by Little Al. So we're just going to go with Zap for today. Um, hopefully this isn't the last time we have you on, but it's time for uh, us to That's get out. That's how heated we get, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Time to get us out of our uh, comfort zone and get talking. Uh, James should be in shortly. Woody could potentially join us. He's in the midst of moving from Maryland to Utah right now. So I believe he's somewhere in between Maryland and Indianapolis where they'll be staying the night. Uh, Zap, go ahead and tell everybody, you know, a little bit about yourself, how you ended up at that god awful school, and uh, and really, and really how it went, and, and just whatever anybody needs to know about you and your time at Texas. Well, I guess it should be known that despite going to Texas, I actually grew up in a very large Aggie household and hometown. Uh, for years, I was a big diehard of the maroon and white and went to many games and many tailgates. And- Surprisingly, when the time came, I just decided to go to Texas. Now, that decision was made for, I guess, a couple of reasons. But uh, for one, you know, I have three older sisters and I'm the only boy. So naturally already different from birth. And they're all, you know, relatively normal height people that I stand at six, seven. So in family albums, I stick out. So I figured, you know, I might as well continue this trend and try something different. And uh, at the time I was looking at football offers or I say looking in high school, you get a lot of excitement because they send you these little pamphlets and think you're going to go places and thought I was going to go out of state and do all these things. And thank God I didn't because there are places out there with no sweet tea or Chick-fil-A and that is just not going to cut it. So I uh, ended up looking at Austin because it just it's just enough weird, but it's you know close enough for a two hour drive so I can make it home for Thanksgiving dinner every year. And uh, just so happened I had zero football offers, which be honest I wasn't the greatest football player I was just the biggest one in you know three counties so it helped out but I did throw discus every year and made it to state my senior year and by the help of my coach and I guess just a few few words being exchanged behind the scenes got a little offer from a school Uh, I think it's the uh, most prestigious in Texas at least athletically and potentially academically depends on how you weigh things but uh, they're in Austin and I just figured I'd give a little try University of Texas was the only offer I had in the entire country to go throw hammer and discus, and that's kind of how it ended up. And uh, big change, small town conservative, uh, 325 people in Orchard, Texas. There's, I don't know, four, five, six hundred thousand in Austin. At least when I got there, there's probably half of Los Angeles showed up by now. So, I mean, it's getting bigger and bigger. So, it's a big change. A uh, lot of years or a lot of days and summers spent working out. It was not a overnight process it was kind of a four-year deal i wound up my last year 
hit my All-American mark and breaking the school record. And I guess it was kind of ironic that happened at Nationals at Texas A&M. So it was kind of a funny full circle moment. And then um, while I was at Texas, did a few other things. I wasn't just, you know, a meathead. I joined Texas Cowboys, did a lot of fun deals with that. Got to fire the cannon, walk around some hat and chaps in 110 degree heat. So, I mean, not the smartest choice, but man, it was fun. Miss it every day. And then since then, uh, basically came back to Houston. I've been working. I mean, that's pretty much how the story goes for most of us. Now, you walked onto the team, onto the football team while you were there? Where yeah. Were so, in a, in a desperate uh, plea to do something, uh, you know, crazier. For years, I always was told by some of the guys, like, hey, you should try to walk on, yada, yada, and, you know, actually try to play. And I thought about it, thought about it. It's like, yeah, but I got a you know, whole ass one thing, can't half ass two things. So I kept playing with the idea, playing with the idea. And senior year, I was already graduated. I just stayed an extra year to finish athletics and try to get into grad school. So I decided to try to walk on. And sadly, you know, it lasted about a week because I found out just the time restraints and the amount of crap that goes on and the 0.00% chance of actually playing no matter what. Uh, it just was kind of maybe too little too late or just uh, realized long-term that it just never meant to be. So never was supposed to be a football player. So back to the track I went. And if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have made nationals that year. So hey, worked out either way, I guess. So what years were you there? 2013 to 2017 was my undergrad, graduated 2017. Did an extra year. 2018, was in grad school for a year, 2019, and then left December of 2019. Oh, so basically 13 to 19, so everyone look at that. Seven years, just to make it easy. So you, so you had about, about the shittiest undergrad stretch that any Texas student has ever had football-wise. Oh, I don't ever want to hear, we're not loyal fans. I got knocked down, drug out in the history of Texas football. And that we'll get into that, but I mean, yeah. anyone wants to be a bandwagoner after this, I will tell them to get in line and go relive a 2013 season again. And I don't know if I want to get into this shit talking right now. I give Clayton a chance to get over here, but um, I guess what what's it for mostly us Aggies? I, I don't know how many other fan bases listen to us, but so like, what is your kind of opinion as just a student in Austin with obviously you have sixth and all the city stuff that's going on, but just like on campus and, and just being a student there, what was your opinion of it? Because I know that, I mean, you didn't experience classes or anything, but you've been all over AM's campus and mm-hmm. you've been you've been to all that. Give me your first three and your worst three. Your first three things about being a student at the University of Texas and your bottom three about being a student at Texas University. All right, so top three first is what you're saying? Yeah. Um, besides, I mean, right of access to a lot of fun things, whether it be frat parties or Sixth Street, like you had the right ring or uniform on, you get to jump the line, go to these clubs. I mean, that was always fun. Just not exactly VIP, but important enough to like, hey, let that guy in because usually more chicks will follow or let that chick in because all the football players will follow her, so to speak, whatever. But I mean, so definitely kind of that access to things, um, party and fun wise. Number two was, it was always a saying that, the best thing about being a Texas athlete is being a, an ex-Texas athlete. Because after that, once you graduate, you have all the handshakes and all these ex-guys show up out of nowhere. And like, hey, do you need a job? Hey, do you, need, do you want to do this? Or, hey, like, I, you know, I saw you, you know, perform. Like, well, what's, your, what's your plans after school? And that actually, you know, kind of helped me out, at least once the pandemic started, helping, you know, jump to something else. Because, I mean, that access group 
I would say uh, knowing how strong the Aggie network is on its own, that's probably mirrored within the Texas athletics community, but not necessarily the student body community at Texas. I got you. And then I guess number three is just kind of the prestige that you get to walk around with it. I mean, you walk around with the crest and the orange, you stand out, but then you realize it's all these names before you that made it important. So you kind of have this expectation that, like, first of all, wow, I'm here, like the same place Earl Campbell was, the same place like Sonia Richards was, like she was here, I was here, and we're all continually building on this. So it's kind of motivating and it's really cool to be in that presence. Uh, but on the same time, bottom three, whether you know, not necessarily in track, but it was always demanding, clearly, time, constraints, everything else. Then jump on top of that, academics wasn't always happy to see athletes. They usually were pretty strict on policies and things and never really gave you a lot of favors on things. I would say there is kind of a political correctness at Texas. And the longer I was there, the more you realize that, yes, you have to do that. And clearly our school is still going through certain changes and historical revamps. So it is, you have to have that sense of awareness too, which kind of goes with being in Austin. Hey guys, real quick before we finish our interview, a quick reminder that all of our guests are brought to you by Southern Wing Shooters. If you're interested in any kind of outdoor adventures, especially bird hunting, you need to hit them up. They have options for adventures and hunts all over the country. And if getting wet and cold has kind of stopped you from duck and geese hunting over your lifetime, they have options for you too. Southern Wing Shooters is a brand by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen. It's Aggie-owned and operated with the purpose of providing you quality entertainment and outdoor adventures. They also have an assortment of dope sweaters, fishing shirts, hats, polos. I mean, you name it, they got it. Go check them out on Instagram and their online store at southernwingshooters.com. That's southernwingshooters.com. Now, back to the interview. Alright, what are we debating? What's up, Zap, by the way? What's up, buddy? So, by the way, I apologize. I forgot to text you, so that's that's on me. Uh, I, I, I was like, dude, I definitely texted him. So I went back and looked, and I never did. So I was too busy getting you your bow tie back. Oh, okay. Thanks, man. Glad I could get you your fucking wallet. <laughs> this motherfucker left his wallet in with his uh, suit stuff from the wedding. Yeah, what are you so talking about? That's a tip. I should have left it. Yeah, good thing no, I checked no it before I returned it. No, no it it anyway. Yeah, it would have bounced. Um, so James joins us on now. We were just about to get into a little bit about the rivalry. I was saying that this is the one topic that it always comes back to on social media and really at the bars anywhere. You're talking Texas, Texas A&M. Okay. Should they play the game? Who needs it more? We'll start with you, Zap. Oh, with me, huh? Well, should they play the game? I mean, fuck yeah, I should play the game. I mean, that's the whole point of playing sports. The sad part is we play A&M in every other sport but football. So it's kind of like Notre Dame and the ACC. It's like either shit or get off the pot at this point. So, I mean, what the hell? One last game wouldn't hurt anybody. Right. Now, who benefits? Hmm. 
We were talking about this at work, honestly, because I was prepping for this, because I was like, I got an Aggie next door to me. I'm like, all right, motherfucker, like, let's let's go through this. What's your opinion? And uh, both benefit. One benefits more. Obviously, we would benefit a little bit more based on the downward spiral, eh, meandering past 10 years of Texas football. So, I mean, justifying ourselves again, I guess would be good. Now, beating up little brother once more, I mean, it really doesn't prove anything, but I mean, at least it reinstates the fact. Um, now, if A&M wins, it's kind of like, you know, little brother showing up and just popping big brother on the chin. And it's like, all right, well, we officially run this. We've talked these past 10 years. I mean, now we've proved it, so there you go. So, I mean, it's like, it's basically, it, it would just solidify whose shit talking is valid, whose is not. James, you want to follow that up? So I'm going to start with, there's a, a guy on Twitter that he runs the poor Aggie account. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the long yeah, I followed, I followed that one once. It's hilarious. Um, and they tweeted, there was a tweet that said, said, which team doesn't have a real rival? And he replied to it and said, Aggie, which is kind of ironic when you have a whole account dedicated to your rival. <laughs> so he commented so, that A&M has no rival. Yeah, that's what he was saying. It's hard to pull that when your account is dedicated to said rival. Um, yeah, it's like, so maybe he meant strictly football, but like, dude, you're literally talking shit about AM 24 7. You don't want to want a rebuttal? Like, yeah. clearly. <laughs> um, but as far as the rivalry goes, uh, you mentioned how we play in every other sport. Can we get a weekend series in baseball? Can we oh, stop doing that, this weekday I want game? The weekend series, yeah, that means nothing. The game weekday game means oh, well, nothing. Well, no, no, it means a lot this year. No, oh, it means no. jack shit. You're right. It, one game baseball, you have to have series, otherwise you prove. Nothing. And you're not even getting the best pitchers throwing because it's a midweek. No, because they're going to save it for the weekend, no matter who it is. Right. I mean, because so that's how you play baseball. Real, real quick, going into that, and I think that's why A and M has had success against Texas, while not just in that week the midweek game versus not being as successful with how the season ends up because Tuesday you're basically throwing raw talent at raw talent mm-hmm. and A&M's recruited some of the best pitchers year in and year out. Yeah. They're pretty loaded in the pitching staff. That's for sure. Yeah, well, yeah, this year is kind of, I mean, they've got some good talent, but comparatively it's not what it used to be, but just in general, you're just getting raw talent and raw talent. And I think Texas has done a better job of developing kids from day one to day four over the last four years or so. Yeah, because Pierce, I mean, he's definitely come in and just kind of quietly started his, I would yeah. say, upward game. He started laying his foundations pretty well. Um, now, granted, this I'll just speak on this part. The game this year probably didn't help that we played OU literally the weekend before. So we probably burnt. I didn't pay attention to who was all pitching, but we probably burnt most of our guys on that. So yeah, it should be a weekend series at the beginning, at the beginning of the year. Just yeah, instead of us fun. playing and U of I, H and y'all playing, wherever right. y'all played, think we TCU played a weekend play. series against fucking, I don't know. How, how opening shit. weekend, Texas versus Texas A&M because every year that one of those two teams are top 15. They'll, every, they'll, they'll never yeah. do an opening weekend because you're going to sell out opening weekend, no matter if you're playing school of the blind. Yeah, but then you do it at like Minute Maid and sell that fucker out for a college game. Would still that? I mean, that's what they should, they should do a weekend series at Minute Maid or something like that and sell that bitch out. But it's all going to come down to the same bullshit. But who, if they actually start playing in football, the winners are the fans. 
We can actually watch the game instead of having to listen to people bitch about who's better on Twitter 24-7. Yeah. True. Makes it really they play. They haven't played in 10 years. 10 years. Charlie, that makes me feel old. We haven't had a college football game in months. And there's still every day there's people talking shit to each other on Twitter. Who, as far as who is it helps more? I'm I'm in the bandwagon of it helps either the winner the more. Like I don't think it matters which team. If Texas wins, or you know it it kind of quiets the uh, the momentum that AM's had in the recruiting trail on the field. Everything it you know it quiets all that. And if AM wins. You know, it solidifies where you are as a program, and it makes it easier to pull these four or five stars guys that you're going to fight with Texas with. That's true. Right. You're already, you know, in a dogfight winning, you know, maybe you're winning 55% of them right now. You win that game, maybe it goes to 65. Right. But, and I would argue, though, that the recruiting thing has always been an interesting, I don't want to say excuse, but people always usually say, well, it'll affect recruiting. It'll affect recruiting. You're on both sides. We can't we lose to them. It affects recruiting. I'm like, all right, first of all, we can't win our own state. With other schools, Ohio State walks into Lake Travis, takes a quarterback. That is a 20-minute drive from University of Texas campus. That That's embarrassing. Or LSU and Bama pick apart Houston. That ain't neither one of our town. Dallas is Oklahoma and probably yep. every other up north school. So, I mean, it's funny. We're sitting here bitching like, it's going to affect recruiting. It's like, guys, neither one of us can recruit for shit anymore because we are not even competing with people on our tier in other states. And they're literally coming and grabbing our guys right in front of us while we sit here and say – well, you know, if we do this, it will look bad. Well, it already looks yeah. bad. Well, and, and Aggie Twitter loves to sit there and say, they need this win more because this would help them so much in recruiting because they're just they're struggling so much in recruiting. Well, first of all, Texas is going to pull guys no matter what. They, We saw that. I mean, they, they sucked under under uh, the end of strong, and all it took was a new hire, and they're pulling guys again. Like, that's yeah. all it takes. It's is, like right now with Sark. Yeah, which shows it's more or less the quality of the brand at this point, not necessarily the product on the field, which no, and, and is good, that's but gonna... not good long-term. Eventually, right. that and brand so has then, to come back and but, back up with itself. Right. right, and losing to your rival is not – one year is not going to just throw your recruiting in the shitter. LSU went, what, like three – in... Eight years without beating Bama. And they still recruit against it. But then what about – I mean, the shit they were. They were just shit uh, the last year of um, – Oh, COVID? Of no, of uh, what's Miles. his name, Miles. Which funny story, actually. Two years oh. later, they three years later they win a natty. Well, good point, actually. Yeah, exactly. Three years after Leonard Fournette was their entire offense, they won a national title. That's amazing. So between that and you even got to look at Michigan, Ohio State. Michigan is still pulling top ten recruiting classes. I was looking up today, like just where we've been in the past few years. I'm like, how in the hell is Michigan still up here? I mean, I don't know what he's promising, but he's doing it. Yeah. So what I was going to say going off of, I think there's two answers here. Who does it benefit more and who needs it more? Good point. I think it ben- if the game happens, the potential, like so you say like, okay, look at it. I don't know. You put it on a point system, I guess. You look at how many points does A&M gain and how, how much they're liked. Um, recruiting, everything, and you just put it all together. A&M benefits more from a win than Texas does. But I believe that Texas needs the game more than A&M, not because of recruiting. I think Texas needs the game more because if – so 
you look at it this way. Texas A&M loses the game. They have Alabama. They have Auburn. They have LSU, potentially Georgia, Florida. They have five more games to be like, hey, we had a bad we, – we're still a good team. We beat these other top ten teams. Mm-hmm. Texas has OU. I think Texas needs that game more than A&M does when it comes to schedule prestige. And, oh, yeah, strength of so schedule if, if, and if not Texas looking plays, like Notre Texas, Dame. Yeah, so you – Especially with the way they want to do it, because from everything I've read, is Texas wants to schedule A and M, a blue blood, and a pow- and a non power five. So, but nobody. Where, where did you pull Maryland from? That was just a random team you pulled out of your ass, right? Well, like that was just random. Maryland, Kansas, a, uh, football powerhouse up north. <laughs> I, I, I heard that, that 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 guy that almost won the Heisman. I think he goes to school there, right? Oh wait, no, that's his brother. Never mind. The guy that almost won the high school. What are you talking about? Tua's brother goes there. Oh, 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 oh. I don't know that, honestly. Yeah. So when Mike Loxley left to take the head coaching job and Tua didn't win the job over Bryce Young he tra- or Talia or whatever his brother's name is, he transferred up there. But anyways, I think when it comes to schedule prestige, schedule prestige, selling home game tickets, and just everything else – and because of the nine conference games against very uh, questionable talent. questionable conference opponents, I think that Texas needs the game more, but A&M would benefit from it more. Right. I mean, either way, you could way you phrase it, we would benefit more from them playing just because it obviously helps a very lopsided schedule where we only have one, if not two heavy hitters without scheduling a non-conference game. And – that's both sad and disappointing because it's like you purposely stay in the Big 12. You craft this monstrosity of a conference now. But it's like, all right, well, let's look at what we got. Okay, so we got one heavy hitter with Oklahoma. Usually the every now and again, not too bad, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Kansas State, and potentially TCU depending on the year. You should own this conference. Now that was what everyone said in 2011. Yeah. Here we are in 2021. And we've won, you know, 10 straight conference titles. Oh, wait, Oklahoma, and it was eight straight. But, hey, you know, what the fuck? So I think, I think, I think the when they made thing, I think the craziest thing is, is they've only finished second once, right? Yeah. Their best crazy. ever. I mean, OU's, OU's been doing unbelievable things on offense. I believe they've been in every conference game except for 2012, which was RG3, TCU, all that junk yeah. that thing. Since then, it's been Oklahoma in every – Conference title. So, uh, I think when they made the conference, the plan was, hey, you know, OU and Texas got together and said, hey, we can run this shit. We'll win it every other year. We'll just Basically. alternate winning it. Because if you and, knew a conference like playoff was coming or a playoff was coming, you would definitely take that bet. I mean, oh, no. dude, it's the perfect conference for the playoff. I mean, OU's benefited from it. The problem yeah. is Texas just hasn't been good. No. If they were good, there'd be no complaints. They wouldn't want to play AM. They wouldn't want anything because they'd be winning – their conference every other year and going to the conference, the playoff every other year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and who cares if you go to the playoff and get your ass kicked by Bama? Everyone gets their ass kicked by Bama. That's like everyone's talking shit about Notre Dame because they go to the playoff and get their ass kicked every year. So does everyone else. Alabama yeah, and Clemson it, have lost. But Notre Dame has lost in pretty. Yeah, that's true. But also Clemson and, and Alabama have lost like four games in the last however many years. And all but two of them were to each other. They lost two. Like, 
they don't lose to anybody but Clemson or Alabama. Right, because, I mean, basically, if, if we would have had our ducks in a row, we would be sitting in the same pedestal as Clemson right now where they just decimate their conference. UNC, Miami are rising, trying to, like, snip at them, but they're nowhere close. But for some reason, the Big 12 just fell completely apart. Did, did you see that UNC ring that they oh, made? Oh, God. I knew it was that. Did you see that? No, let me look it up. They made a ring for their accomplishments in the 2020 season. It says state champs on it. Well, it here's the state champs on it. Here's one problem. Oh, my God. Let's see. <laughs> see, now, I love Mac to death. I got to meet it the guy a couple times. Nothing champ. against him, but I'm really surprised he did that because in 2013, I believe, after the bowl game at Alamo versus Oregon, we finished – See what I have here. We finished 17th with eight and five record, I believe. It might have been 2012. Regardless, we finished pretty average. And he gets everyone rings that symbolize the accomplishment of this team and how much they've done and overcome. I'm like, dude, two years ago you were in a national title yeah. and you won a conference title. Now you're getting rings for a bowl game in San Antonio, which is basically a day trip. And thinking it's a big deal like that, I wouldn't. That, that's not a good sign. Like your expectations just dropped tremendously. And like uh, everyone does, everyone does rings for winning a bowl game. Like that's a thing. Mm-hmm. They lost the bowl game. They got a ring yeah. for losing their bowl game, and says state champs on it because they beat Wake Forest, Duke, and NC State. What are your opinions? Have Have you talked to anybody that's still around the program about Sark? Or uh, I really don't know anybody off. still playing for say. I've talked to a few recently graduated guys. I mean, I mean, there's so much media shooting out of Texas. It's usually the same answer a thousand times, but for some reason they ask the same question. Um, very positive coach is all I keep hearing. I love the guy. He's laid back. He's you know the whole all gas no brakes quotes circulating. I mean, I wish we would have like a override policy where we could just shut off all of our social media for Texas for a good three months between game one and spring game because the speculation, the hype, the overhype is fucking ridiculous because we come in just like big chest, like, Oh, we're ranked and we're saying we're going to finish top five. So we're, it's like, dude, stop breeding orange bloods, burn orange nation, all that crap. Like it's useless. All you're going to do is talk about football 24 seven and all these lofty expectations with, I mean, sadly the past, 10 years, not exactly any short-term results. So I, I like kind of dial back this like God talk and be more realistic with our expectations, at least from when, like the season starts. And once you actually start seeing something metabolizing, okay, well now you get behind your team as opposed to all the hype. And then you lose one game or, Oh, you only beat them by that much. Well, you're not that good. And then you just deflate everything. Yeah. So, yeah I think, I think this is like the, the hardship that comes with being a blue blood. Like everyone, you know, like, wants to be a blue bud it's look how cool it is but then like there's always these high expectations every year texas has high expectations it's hard for a coach it's hard for a coach to like settle in and get comfortable and like understand when there's a rebuilding year there is no rebuilding years at a blue blood you know they they eat you for dinner if you say you're having a blue uh yeah that's like poison don't ever say you're rebuilding or that that phrase has been gone like that left with twitter you cannot say that in football anymore because you got to think about like when Mac was hired after John Makovich in 98 I mean there was no social media you had ESPN a couple of cable channels this and that so it's obviously a lot different how news got around 
But it was very obvious because I've seen a lot of the older alumni talk about it, but they kind of got together. Surprisingly, the rich alumni got together and made a good decision. That's a long time ago. And basically looked around and said, what coach do we want? Not the big name guy, not some Nick Saban of the 1990s. And we're just going to bring him here and start winning. Like, who do we want? Who's our guy? Who fits our mold? And they go to North Carolina and they get Mac Brown. He's been successful, but he's got that style. He's got that charisma. That's what we want. And clearly that worked. But the guy did take three, four years. I mean, if Ricky left, it would have taken longer, clearly. But he had his three or four years of, like, lukewarm to, okay, he's pulling around. And then, like, 03, 04, 05, like, starts showing up to the table as the real deal. So it was a lot different. And he was allowed to gain steam. Brought the expectations so high for so many years that everybody forgot what it was like to wait for that expectation again. And now it's like, we want it, we want it now. We want it now. Like this instant media lifestyle we have, we want it now. It's like, dude, you gotta wait. Like, just calm down. Let it happen. Like the school like it, has been successful in the past. It got successful again. It went down before. It's went down again. It'll come back. I got back off. Like, I got like a question for you. So has it ever crossed your mind that maybe, maybe if I went to grad school at AM and started cheering for them again, it would turn around? Because about the time that I imagine you started thinking more orange and whitey was about the time that Mac fell off the face of the earth. Uh, you, you, you were cheering for AM in their worst decade, and now you're cheering for Texas in their worst decade. You just can't catch a break. And I, I'm wondering are you cursed? Either cursed or the most realistic fan there is. But, I mean, it's just – I don't know. Maybe it is. In which case, you guys owe me some serious money because this is a lot of work, a lot of hardship. <laughs> like, you're like the opposite of a bandwagon fan, like the complete opposite. <laughs> oh, yeah. wait, they're getting good? Oh, fuck them. I don't want to – Fuck that shit. Yeah, at I'm this out. point, I'm like, after one big win, it's like, well, hold on, guys. Like, I'm not even standing up for this one. I've been here before. I heard, I've heard the phrase, and I hate that announcer. Whoever said Texas is back, God damn it, should have turned his microphone off. Um, it's like, wait, hang on. I've seen this. Wait till the next game. Oh, we're playing Kansas. Okay, we should be good. Good. I was, so I'm trying to figure out, like, as a Texas fan, it's got to be annoying as shit to hear, oh, Georgia didn't want to be there. Oh, Utah lost – was one win away from the playoff. They didn't want to be there. And then you dick down a terrible – or you dick down Colorado who – Colorado, that's what we played. Forgot about that. Whatever, and then they're like, "Oh, that team was shit." And it's like, "What do you want us to do?" Like, we're we're, we're like, "There's no winning." It sounds like. Well, let's go back to the infamous SEC school comment of, "Well, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the playoff game. It wasn't the bowl game we wanted." I'm like, dude, if that was the case, shouldn't have showed up. Turn the scoreboard off. Mark it an L. Don't even come. Because so, I mean, if you show up in the uniform to play, you're gonna play. I don't care if half your team goes pro. That was their decision. That was your teammate. That is his life. Let him do it. I don't care if your coach leaves. I mean, we had plenty of coaching changes. That's going to happen. And then so on and so forth. So, I mean, you play the game, you're there. Like, you have to play it. And if you want to, you know, if you lose and you say, well, we, want, we don't want to be here, well, sorry. Life's not always perfect. You should have got out of your little pity party and come to play. Blah, blah, blah. It's every bowl game. Yeah, every bowl I game. Because, but you know who hears it more than anybody else? Texas fans. They, they, I, I just, oh, yeah, because nobody wants to give any kind of like positive gratitude to Texas and like, oh, hey, y'all won. Like, that's, that's awesome. You beat a good team. It's part like, of being the blue blood that everybody hates. I would argue, I, will, I would argue, I will argue we are the most hated school in Texas. So, 
Well, OU here is wow, I made it to the playoff again. That was quick. I well, I was talking about the, the Florida game, you know, the that was one of the worst situations. Like the Georgia one was like they still had enough guys to where like that's a bullshit. <laughs> they were having pulling guys that were not on scholarship, like just dudes off the practice squad to fill out a roster that game. Which one? The Florida offense. The against defense Oklahoma. didn't have enough talent. The Florida Yeah, and Oklahoma was pretty pumped that they'd won a bowl game. Because granted, yes, they're destroying the Big Twelve conferences and they're like making playoffs every year, but they have not won a postseason game since, I believe, 2016. Yeah, but the, I would rather go to the playoff and get my ass kicked every year than win a Sugar Bowl or whatever. Which whatever is what we tell 90% of Texas fans who are like, oh, yeah, Oklahoma lost. I'm like, uh, what game did they lose? Uh, was it the Sugar Bowl? No, yeah. no, what was it? Oh, that's right. I, it was the playoff game. There was, yeah, oh, this one. This one as a – this one should fucking trigger you as a former athlete. When A&M was in the talks of getting the fourth spot in the playoff, there was a, there were AM fans on Twitter who said, I hope we don't get it because I don't want to go to the playoff and lose to Alabama again and get my butt kicked by. I said, what the fuck? I don't know yes. if we would, but first of all, I'd rather be in the playoff anyway. Even if you do lose, fuck it. I want in that bitch. Second of all, if you just think we're gonna lose to Alabama and get our butt kicked, get the fuck out of here. Don't even show don't don't go to a game, don't watch it on TV. Oh, fuck man. you. Wow. That's a so loser mentality. So much faith. Well, well, that's I mean, the same guys that, like, we're going back to it. Last time, I promise, we go back to playing each other. If you, in your right mind, don't want to play the game, you're scared. Whether it's subconsciously or knowingly, you're lying to everybody else that you're scared to lose. There's right. too there's too there's too much to gain to not want to play that game and you should want to see a good matchup and you should want to beat your rivals ass. Cuz you can't guarantee me that that wouldn't be fun as hell. No, oh, even yeah. if it was like 62 to 0, which that, In- that that would suck. If it was like 24 to 12, it's like, man, that was a damn good game. I'm glad we played again. I will see y'all motherfuckers again next year. I'm getting off of Twitter for one Dude, year, and I'll the, see yeah. you next the year. The tailgates would be fucking insane. Insane. Just it would sell out. You could not do it at a home-and-home home series, that's for sure. So you have to go to, like, Jerry World and then Reliant, and that would be a like city shutdown. Just, just go around the state of Texas, San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, and just rotate. Where are you going to play in San Antonio? That's I'm in the Alamo Dome. God, don't ever play that. That's Dude, I'm sure it does suck. We, we've been there so many times. I can guarantee you it sucks. <laughs> all righty, boys and girls. So that's all we have for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the banner as much as we did. It's always good to have somebody come on and give you this perspective of the other side. Big shout out to Zap. We look forward to having him on, especially as things heat up between Texas and A&M on the recruiting trail and hopefully make one, maybe one day on the field. Also, be on the lookout for our next interview that will be popping up here shortly with former Texas A&M pitcher and former Oakland Athletic pitcher Daniel Mingden. He is currently in Korea and giving us his insights of playing baseball over there and also talks about Major League Baseball and everything that's going on with the sticky substances. And with that, we'll see you on the other side. Take it easy. Texas, jump up and fight my ass. Texas, fight, Texas, fight. Texas, jump up and fight my ass. Texas, fight, Texas, fight. Texas, jump up and fight my ass. Beat!
Texas Jump Up and Fire Podcast.